Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Thank you so much for your warm welcome. And uh, we have much longer story, of course, but God is so good. And, you know, we have two children, and uh, I just was thinking, like, when we are children, each one of us has a special favorite story. Isn't that so? And when we have children, those children make us read the same story over and over again. Bedtime story. So she or he brings this very, uh, opens this very page and wants to read the same thing. Don't you want, no, 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 like this one. We have grandchildren in uh, Niagara Falls. They're five and two. So two days ago, we were there. And I said, Joseph, so what do you want me to read? Uh, Let me show you. So he doesn't know how to say. But he has this big, thick Bible of pictures. He opens. I was looking forward to see what, what is his favorite part. He opens the resurrection and says, this is my favorite. So you read it to me. And so... I'm going to tell you the same story, which everybody keeps telling over and over and over again. And, you know, the more I study this story, the more I read it, the more I'm fascinated how difficult and at the same time easy the story is. So, and by the way, when we were reading with Joseph, he said to me, when are we going to Israel? I want to meet Jesus. Wasn't it sweet? from a (laughs) five-year-old. So, oh, yeah. So we leave leave the body of Jesus on Friday night. It's not night, actually. Every time the the gospel writers say it's before evening. So it maybe was just 3, 4, maximum 5 p.m., not later. Matthew 27, 57. I will be reading a lot of scriptures to you because this is an amazing, amazing day. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body, wrapped it in a clean linen cloth, and placed in his own tomb that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb and went away. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were sitting there opposite the tomb. That was Matthew. Look what John is writing. Chapter 19, 38. Later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, because he feared the Jewish leaders. With Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away. He was accompanied by Nicodemus. We know Nicodemus, right? The man who earlier had visited Jesus at night, Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloe. And I was, I read about this aloe. It's not the aloe which grows on my windowsill. It's the spice aloe, which is the cost of gold. So the weight of this mixture was the cost of the same amount of gold, about 75 pounds. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them uh, wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. So why so much spices? Dip the strip, wrap. Dip the strip, wrap. Dip the strip, wrap. So it's become a cocoon, right? 
this was in accordance with Jewish burial customs, of course, very rich burial customs. At the place where Jesus was uh, crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid, because it was the Jewish day of preparation, and since the tomb was nearby, they lay Jesus there. So the body of crucified Messiah is in the tomb on Friday night or Friday evening. On the next day, Matthew says, and we look at this uh, very nice picture from a movie. On the next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, this is a confirmation that he's dead. That while he was alive, that deceiver said, after three days, I will rise again. So give the order to the, for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. And this last deception will be worse than the first. It was Matthew 27, verse 62. And the 65th verse says, take a guard, Pilate answered, go, make the tomb secure as you know how. So they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal on the stone and posting the guard. So here we see the guard at the tomb. Now we come to Sunday, Matthew 28, verse 1. After the Sabbath, at the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell the disciples, he's risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the next, I just uh, put it for your pleasure. That's an um, a, a old Russian artist, uh, Nesterov. He wrote this, uh, drew this picture, and look, the angel is holding the lightning in his hand. Mm -hmm. And what is going on at the same time uh, here? Luke 24. On this day in the morning, the women took spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down to the, their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in, the Gal in Galilee. The son of man must be delivered over to the sinners and be crucified and on the third day be raised again. And they remembered the words. So 
what is going on in Jerusalem at the same time. That's a very interesting day. This is the day, the celebration of the first fruits. Everything is happening at the same time. And while the women are still there or walking back or running back to the disciples, the temple is also all busy. Actually, all the uh, sacrifices in Jerusalem temple were always brought on Sabbath. Here, first fruits, Sunday. And the priest is bringing the sheaf, the first fruits to God. If we remember 1 Corinthians 15, 20, this is what it said. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through one man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be, will be made alive. But each in turn, Yeshua HaMashiach or Jesus Christ the first, then when he comes, those who belong to him. If you look at the picture, you can see the torn veil behind. If it was torn on Friday evening, nobody had the time to mend it because Sabbath is a day of rest. So this high priest is waving the sheath of offering to the Lord. And the access to the Holy of Holies is open. And he asks for the harvest. Isn't that symbolic? It's amazing what's going on. At the same time, everything is happening at the same time. Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw the two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one on the head, uh, at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. And as she turned back, she saw Jesus standing there but didn't recognize him. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking that he was a gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I'll take him. Jesus said, Mary. <gasps> she turned toward him and cried in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I'm ascending to my father and yours, to my God and your God. And of course, Mary runs to the disciples. Uh, John 20, verse 18 says, went to the disciples with this news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said to her about his resurrection. The other uh, gospel writer, Matthew, writes it a little differently. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid by and filled with great joy. And they ran to the disciples and suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will meet me. However, Luke 24.9, when they came back to, from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. 
verse 10, it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women who were with them, and they told, who were the, with the apostles, but they did not believe the women because their words seemed like nonsense to them. Remember when I was reading this, I thought like, it seemed, it looks like, or sounds like Genesis chapter 19 when uh, Sodom and Gomorrah were about to be destroyed and Lot went to his uh, sons-in-law and said, get out of here, let's, let's get out of the city, it will be destroyed. And they thought, what? He was joking. So sometimes when we witness about Jesus, people think we're joking. Unless we're big like Vladimir and fight. <laughs> Most of us are not so big. <laughs> no jokes. <laughs> so Peter, however, ran to the tomb. I love this picture. And John 20. So Peter and the other apostle started to the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. He was 20 years younger, right? And reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in the, at the strips of linen lying there, but didn't go in. Then Simon Peter came uh, along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, and as well the cloth that had been wrapped around his, uh, Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Lots of sermons on this topic, right? Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They did not understand from the scriptures that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back where they were staying. So this understanding and belief was coming in stages. And now here, at the same time, whether it was at the time when Peter was running to the tomb or the women were running to uh, the disciples, the guards were running to the priests, Matthew 28, 11. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met, met with the uh, elders, they devised a plan. They gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, you are to say, his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And the story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. And we heard this story in the 21st century from our Jewish, our Jewish friends. And pay attention that Judas got 30 coins of silver to betray Jesus. And the soldiers got a large sum of money to betray him after his resurrection. Same day, same day. Luke 24, 13, on that same very day, two of them were going to the village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened as they were talking and discussing these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And we read about the story, right? They say, are you the one who didn't know? Didn't 
didn't hear, so he began to discuss this whole situation. And beginning with Moses and all, all the, uh, the prophets, he explained to them that he has what was said in the scriptures concerning himself. And they, as they approached the village which, where they were going, Jesus continued as if he, he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for that it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went to stay with them. And this is what happens. Luke 24, 25, he said to them, how foolish are you and how slow to believe all the prophets and uh, all the prophets have spoken. Do not, uh, did not Moses and the, uh, had, I'm sorry, did not have the Messiah have to suffer things um, and then enter into glory? When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give them. And then their eyes were open, and they recognized him, but he became invisible for them. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning with, uh, within us? While he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us, so the walk to Emmaus turned into running back to Jerusalem. They got up and returned to Jerusalem. It's still the same Sunday. And they ran back. Then they found the 11 and those uh, who were with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen. They told him he appeared to Peter. Then the two told what happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he was breaking the bread. And at that very moment, he appeared and said to them, Shalom Aleichem, which means peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking that they saw a ghost. Again, they were frightened. So he said to them, why are you troubled? And why you doubt? Why doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It's I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And they, while they, was, they still did not believe, because of joy and amazement. So the feelings of joy and amazement <laughs> quenched the understanding. He said, do you have anything to eat? And they gave him the most healthy food, broiled fish, right? Only healthy people today have broiled fish. Otherwise, we're like battered, right? <laughs> and he took it and ate in their presence. So he is risen. This message is supposed to be the most encouraging message in the world of all times, of the history of mankind. And sometimes coming to church on Resurrection Sunday, year after year, hearing the same story, looking and talking about the same signs and proofs of this amazing event, in hearing he is risen instead of an excitement, leaves us with a nagging question, and so what? He's risen, so what? Each one of us has to find answer to this question. The disciples found the answer to this question. 
but it took them time. And Jesus himself gave them the clue. Then he said to them, first, it is uh, thus it is written, uh, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning with Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things, Luke 24. Jesus suffered for a reason. He died for a reason. And he rose from the dead for a reason. And the question is, has he risen in my heart? And has he risen in your heart? It's because the story he has risen is only half of the story. We must rise with him too. And as followers of God, we must be continually seeking to put to death the deeds of our body and to continue denying the flesh and continuing in spirit. Matthew 28, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came, uh, came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. So God's plan didn't finish here. And it didn't finish 2,000 years ago. It is going on. In every generation, it's good news and it's new. Just like for our grandson who wants to meet Jesus in Israel. The death and resurrection of Jesus was just the beginning. And we are to follow in his steps and to acknowledge that we need him, that we are his followers. Look, he's risen and today he has to rise in our hearts, in the hearts of our loved ones, our friends. And as we get baptized in his death, we will be risen with him on the day when he decides so and when he comes. So where is he calling us? Where is he calling you? As we mentioned, he called us and he called us to uh, witness to a very small nation, Jewish people, the people who kept the Bible for us, the people from whom Jesus came and all the prophets. And so remember when you witness and you, if you come across a Jewish person, try to bless this person because the Bible says, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. So God called us to be missionaries and to minister to chosen people, which is Jewish people. And you are to find your part in it, in prayer, in witnessing, just joining us in our work. Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.